0: Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, episode number 67. Did you know that six and seven went up to heaven on a bicycle built for two? I've
1: never heard that before. That's what we
0: learned in school for six times seven equals 42.
2: Oh! Oh
1: wow. That's pretty that's pretty clever. Interesting. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Third grade, I think. Always mm. sticks with me. I think yeah. the one I remember is eight times eight knocked on my door when I let him in. It was sixty-four, which doesn't really make any sense.
0: Oh, see, I learned. rhymes. That's about it. I ate and I ate until I puked on the floor. Eight times eight is sixty-four. Oh my wow.
1: gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't learn anything like that.
2: We just <laughs> had to learn our times <laughs> tables. You just <laughs> learned them. Yeah, just memorized. Yeah, but we ate and
0: it. ate until we puked on the floor. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I don't, maybe they said God's sake. I don't know if it was exactly That's how I remember it.
1: Interesting.
0: But I'll never forget.
1: Is that how you still do multiplication? Yeah. I'm like,
0: mm-hmm. hang on a second. Carry the one. But no. No. Okay. We're back. We're back with another episode. Multiplication aside. We're here. <laughs> it's spooky season. Peak spooky season. Ooh. It's almost
2: all Hallow's Eve. It is
0: almost. Last week, if you didn't catch it, or not last week, but last episode, we were checking out pumpkin beers. And, you know, it's still that Oktoberfest pumpkin season. I mean, Oktoberfest season's kind of over, but that doesn't mean we we have a shortage of fest beers. So we actually have one cracked right now. We've got a collab beer, Angry Chair, and uh, Berry House. This was one sent up by... Our buddy Matt Griffo in
2: uh, Florida. You know, Got the Shibby Fest beer. Really cool can. It's got the Grim Reaper and a Black Bear or is it a Kodiak or just a Black Bear? I don't know. But it's wearing later Lederhosen. Lederhosen. Pretty pretty cool. It's
1: pretty an aggressive beer. Bear, yeah. bear or beer? <laughs> Not the beer. Or both. I haven't yeah. had it yet. I don't know if it's quite aggressive in nature.
0: Looking good in the glass. We've actually, serving this, we went to, uh, I forgot we forgot to mention that we went to Wilson Oktoberfest. I think we were talking about it last time. Yeah,
2: we did. We teased it. We went, but we actually
0: have some Steins from that uh, occasion. We've got our Fest beers appropriately poured in those. Beer's looking good. Nice, uh, light caramel color. Pretty clear. Mm. Maybe a touch of chill haze.
2: Yeah, it's kind of hard to smell out of a Stein, but even even with that, it's not producing a ton of strong aroma.
0: See, I smell like a bready, crackery kind uh-huh. of a smell, like light. Crackers. Yeah, not not like
1: it's not it's fresh a, break bread.
2: Fresh break <laughs> bread. Fresh <laughs> <Let's laughs> break this bread <laughs> freshly. <laughs> That's a tough one to say. It's Kind it of a is. cracker.
0: It's I think it's like a
2: yeah. you know yeah. saltine, mm. but tastes like an delicious. Very clean, very light. Yeah, a little bit of oh, a yeah. little bit of crackery uh, flavor there. Just a little bit of crackery. <laughs> Just a little crackery. Uh, you know, and I, this is funny.
0: I feel like this is kind of the antithesis of Angry Chair, big imperial, boozy stouts. Mm, going, uh, for, yeah. you know, it's kind of what their their shtick is. They also have some other beers. We tried um, an IPA from them one time. Pretty good. Pretty good, but uh, this is a nice, light, refreshing, crushable fast beer. I think very good.
1: Crushable!
2: That's what happens when worlds collide and breweries collaborate. So... A couple Tampa-based breweries. Ooh! So Matt actually noted that Berry House Brewing Company, according to him, makes the best lagers in Tampa. So maybe that's why they... Uh, it's a, such a... Stark contrast from what Angry Chairs typically producing, because Berry House is more known for their loggers. So, who knows? Maybe they said, "Hey, we need your guys's help. We're not really big in the logger game."
0: Or are they? And we just don't know because we're not near. Who knows?
2: I guess we have to go to Tampa. Yep.
1: I've never been to Tampa.
0: Uh, All right, let's go. Let's
2: get in the treating. car right now. I've only gone to take a cruise. That's where the the mm. ship port was in Tampa, so I didn't really do anything there. So let's get on the
0: shirt. (laughs) Get on the boat. But, uh, yeah, so we're drinking this beer. It's good. We've concluded uh, spooky season, like we said. Lots of pumpkin beers, specialty beers. We did the episode last week, and it got us thinking a little bit about non-traditional beers. We touched a bit on, you know, some of the spiced beer categories and whatnot last week when we were talking about pumpkin beers. But we also thought, you know, there's a lot of beers that are commonly out there that we're drinking with relative frequency that don't fit into a traditional BJCP guideline. Uh, if you take a look at the 2021 BJCP uh, guidance out there, there's a variety of styles, but then there's a whole separate section of specialty beers and subclasses of those. So quite a, quite a bit of stuff. We thought we'd just kind of give a quick purview of what's in that specialty beer category and subset of categories just so you can have an idea next time you're drinking something a little bit off the beaten path where it might fall if you're looking for a, a formal tasting.
2: And spoiler alert, some of the beers that fall under a specialty rubric may surprise you. Yeah. Because they definitely surprised me. Like German Pilsners. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, so the like Joe mentioned, the BJCP style guidelines, they have sort of the first set of categories broken up are considered what we might call classic styles or uh, styles that are named and they have their own specific category or subcategory. And so when it comes to the judging process, that's where those beers are entered. And it's pretty cut and dry. Um, You know, you have your different IPAs you've got you know your lagers your English styles and uh, so on and so forth but really when you start getting into some of the additional things that you want to add to a beer or you want to kind of change the process a little bit you kind of start skirting on the edge of a specialty beer and it's only by judging category I would say I mean you're going to find these beers on a lot of tap lists when you're at the brewery and Like I said, some of the names are surprising that they would be judged under a specialty category, Uh, but it's just, you know, because you're taking a base style and you're either adding something to it in the form of different ingredients outside of the, you know, typical recipe for that beer style, or you're using a different process and your end result is outside of the evaluation criteria for that style. Mm -hmm. So then you get yourself into a different territory and BJCP recognizes that, and so they have sort of these specialty categories that you can enter your beers into.
0: Yeah, and within so within that standard categories of beer, so the 27 sort of classical styles are standard categories. Actually, the 27th category is historical beers, uh, which is a whole kind of subset of different things like Keller beers, Kentucky Commons, Lichtenheine, I don't know what that is, uh, <laughs> London Brown. Pivo Grodziski, <laughs>
1: say that three times. That. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: and then pro- pre-prohibition loggers and porters, beer and Sati. So a bunch of uh, you know historical beers included in there. Things that aren't really made, even though Keller beers and Kentucky Commons, I feel like yeah. you do see relatively you know with some frequency. Maybe localized to certain areas, but Keller beers, I've I've seen several before.
2: Oh, yeah, certainly I've had that. And I've probably had one or two Kentucky commons just living in this region. It's probably a little more common for us mm-hmm. to find those. Uh, but, yeah, historical ales, I kind of, or historical beers, I always kind of thought of in the sense of, like, uh, first thing that came to mind was Dogfish Head. They have that series of beers where it's, like, the ancient ales. And mm-hmm. they're all inspired by either uh, an archaic beer recipe or I think one of them was like found in King Midas' tomb. Yeah. It was
0: Midas Touch.
2: Yeah. So they had the, they put together ingredients that were either on file or on record as being in his tomb at the time of his death. And they're like, oh, you must have made beer with these <laughs> ingredients. So let's try to replicate that. Turns out it was a cake. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a homebrewer. But uh, yeah, no, it's actually just like styles that are actually historical and have some historical significance, but...
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I, I kind of thought that, too. Like, you know, there's been a few in those ancient beer series, or I forget what they call it. They have a name name
2: for it. Yeah, but. I don't know if it was ancient ales or ancient something, but... Yeah, so outside of, outside of that, you know, you've got, you know, the historical ales, and they it's interesting that those actually fall into the classic styles. Yeah. I guess when think about just the naming mechanism, it, it kind of makes sense, but... Yeah, so then you kind of get into... The categories twenty eight through thirty four, with the very end of that being sort of like the catch all for specialty beers, uh, including exper- experimental beer, which we can get into a little bit later. But
0: yeah, it's funny how the last uh, last category in specialty type beers is specialty, specialty beers.
2: beers. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was interesting too because it's it's kind of like all right, you've tried to fit this beer into some other category and it doesn't quite fit, so here's kind of your last stitch effort. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, there's some beer styles that I found on uh, there's a guide that BJCP posts on their website for entry suggestions. So if you're looking to enter a beer into a contest and you're kind of not sure because it, it doesn't you know, fall under a named or a classic judging category and you're like, where do I put this? They have some recommendations where to put uh, your beer as far as entering it. And there were some that were surprising that fall under that last you know, section thirty-four, which is just the specialty beer category. So under section thirty-four, and we're kind of, you know, working backwards up to other styles. But they've got three subcategories. They've got the commercial specialty beer category, the mixed style beer, and then the last one is experimental beer. So that mixed style beer surprisingly catches a lot of uh, styles that I I think I see pretty often at uh, tap tap rooms and things like that so some of the recommendations for brews that could fit under that as far as their suggestion would be things like a hopped lager a west coast pilsner those aren't quite as common but then really surprisingly would be like the IPL or the cold IPA which are really getting a lot of traction I feel like people are liking having those you know lager yeasts or those lagering temperatures used for the IPA and it you know creates a kind of an updated twist on the, the IPA as we know it. So those actually, I th- I would have assumed an I- a cold IPA would still be judged under the IPA category, but it actually falls under a mixed style because you're using like the IPA base style and you're adding in the American lager style. So it's a mix there between those two, not just, you know, an IPA with uh, a caveat.
0: Yeah, and mixed styles, I mean, represent a ton too. Anything that we see like imperial a you know imperial this or session beer that so like the varying in alcohol uh content beers that are based off that base style (laughs) based off the base but uh, (laughs) those can really fall in that mixed style beer as well so really what they classify that is like out of spec variations of an existing style so within each of those style guides you know there's listed abvs and whatnot so if you're sessioning something or like cranking down that ABV or making it like an imperial beer right cranking up the ABV you are essentially creating a mixed style beer
2: right yeah and there's you know I think when you get to this part of the BJCP evaluation or the style guidelines you notice a lot of the language is leaving room for fluidity just because there is no set standard because like you said you're taking a base style and you're Either combining two different styles, they're going to have drastically different, or maybe comparable, you know, appearance, aroma, uh, mouthfeel, things like that. But there's no way to set criteria for that kind of category. So you'll see things like based on the declared base style, based on the declared base style, and it's just kind <laughs> of, you know, it, I think it makes it more of a fluid judging category, which is kind of fun for brewers, I imagine, um, getting to experiment a little bit, but. Uh, not being kind of boxed into certain uh, criteria, you know, as far as making sure that your SRM is on point, that your final ABV is within range, that, you know, the aromas aren't in a certain, uh, you know, Rolodex of terms. Like, you can kind of have it be a little more your own twist on things, so... Yeah.
0: Yeah, they can experiment it. But if they really want to experiment, they could do Category 34C, <laughs> which is experimental beer. <laughs> and this is really the catch-all, catch-all category of, you know, any beer that doesn't fit into any existing style. It's, you know, basically what they say in their notes and whatnot is that it must be unique, <laughs> really. Yeah. And then the if you're entering it in a competition, you must specify the special nature of the beer, including the special ingredients or processes that make it not fit in any other category. So you actually have to, like, prove it's, you know, experimental style. Or, you know, you can't just be like, I'm going to make a light lager and add blueberries in it. And it's an experimental style. You know, (laughs) you have to actually do something crazy with it.
2: That was interesting because I tried to rack my brain to come up with, like, an experimental beer and and have it not fit into another category. And it's actually really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean at this point they're they've opened up the door for so many beer styles and so many are recognized as like the name styles. But then also there's so much variation with these specialties. It's like I don't know that you really you'd have a hard time I think finding a beer that would fit that. And so I I wonder if those categories are often even filled at beer competitions like the, you know, Great American Beer Festival. I think they have entries, but they're not traditional experimental ales. Like reading some of the names of the beers and like descriptions of them, I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's in the true sense of so experiment, experimental. But yeah, you know, it, you know, it may be more of just kind of a loose judging category for those types of festivals.
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of struggling with because if you look at the definitions and stuff for the mixed style beer, it's all of those like okay, it's not defined previously; it's a variation. And so I I'm not quite sure what would fall under the experimental beer. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like anything is going to be a mixed style beer.
2: Yeah, I was looking on Reddit too because I was kind of curious. There's some subreddits for homebrewers and and beer enthusiasts who you know actually look for advice on the internet for things like this and so uh, I saw a post or a thread where the original poster was explaining their beer and they're like, you know, which category should I put it into? They included one for, uh, basically for a specialty beer that adds sugar to it, which, you know, it's part of the process of a specialty beer. One of the options you have is adding a different source of fermentable sugar to a base style. But um, when he broke it down, he had people that were kind of on his side saying, actually, this is an experimental beer. So it, what it was is it was like a Uh, a blonde ale but he made like an imperial blonde and he did a secondary fermentation shout out (laughs) with um, I think it was lime peels and I don't know how like Uh with it but it was like the way he described the brewing process it was obviously way outside the ABV for a blonde and you don't really see imperial blondes a ton I was like that alone makes you think like okay you're kind of either going into like a mixed style here or you're doing some kind of specialty but then Adding in the lime adjunct, which is not a common adjunct for, I don't think you're typically doing like secondary fermentation with limes for a blonde ale. And so people were like, yeah, maybe this is a an experimental yeah. beer. Like, I'm kind of curious how that tastes. And I was you know, finding myself agreeing that like, <laughs> it'd be fun to try that because.
0: Oh my God, it's horrible. Yeah.
2: It's like, it was like a 9% blonde ale. <laughs> on lime. That was, yeah, like basically conditioned on some lime. And I'm like, well, either this could be horrible or it could be. Really nice. Yeah.
0: See, I take the experimental thing to the extreme. I'm like, you know, if it's experimental, you got to take the wort, inject it into the limes and have it ferment within the lime. <laughs> Put that in, secondary ferment that, squeeze it out, distill it, shake it twice.
1: Wow. stuff on kidding. your left foot. Don't <laughs> forget <experimental>. it. Very
0: <laughs> So experimental.
2: And then another thing is like, look, I, I tried to find some examples online uh, looking through previous beer festivals in recent years to see, you know, were there categories, like I mentioned, the Great American Beer Festival, they had some beers listed under the experimental beer and they also have like an experimental IPA category. But reading into those a little bit more, it seemed like a lot of them just kind of incorporated either wild fermentation or mixed fermentation, which, you know, is not really that experimental in my mind. It's only experimental in the sense that, you may not know exactly what you're going to get when you have like a a wild fermentation with Mm -hmm. wild yeast strains, but again, it's it's not experimenting. It's like a thing that's been around forever. That's how a lot of beers were (laughs) fermented early on anyway. And so, you know, I was like, I don't know how loosely they allow that term to be used in those types of competitions. But it was just like a lot of things. I'm like, this could be just like a really funky Saison or, This is like a wild, it's a wild fermentation ale with some different fruit adjuncts. And some of them are like, then age in a white wine barrel and then condition with grapes. I'm like, okay, well, these aren't things that aren't in my mind that experimental. So I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to do some more research and see if I can find any, anything that really screams like that is so out there that I never would have thought people were making beer like that. But
0: yeah, I think one thing that kind of pops in my head is Back when uh, Rogue made the the beer with the yeast from the guy's beard. Do you remember oh, that? No. And, like They harvested the yeast from his beard <laughs> and then made beer from that one. <laughs> that you? sounds
1: very well,
2: Was gross. it somebody that worked at Rogue? <laughs> yeah, or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: But it just like so...
2: It does not... Beard yeast. Not, mm, mm,
1: mm, <laughs> it was that an think,
0: American oh. Wild Ale, though, they, and they entered it as... Oh.
2: See that's the thing, like there there are wild ale categories, and so it's like mm -hmm. in my mind it's that should be such a large catch all for anything incorporating wild fermentation, but Yeah, it was um, from
0: the from the brewmaster. That's Uh, interesting. It was made in twenty thirteen, actually, so while back now, ten years ago now. Uh just (laughs) pretty funny. Brewmaster John Meyer, mayor. John Mayer.
1: John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man.
1: Your body is a wonderland.
2: Yeah, your beard well, is a wonderland. Be- <laughs> <laughs> his beard is a wonderland of, of bacteria. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wash your beard, John. We watch, uh, Jen and I watch a lot of Beard Meets Food, and that guy just gets food in his beard every time he eats a meal. And I'm just like, I don't know how he cleans that and just, like keeps it from just getting funky and gross. Yeah.
1: You would have to wash it like you wash your hair. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like Comb it out. Sterilize it. <laughs> oh gosh. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> One day. One day I'll No, you won't. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean there's uh you know, kind of going back into some of the more popular like modern iterations of beers that might fall under a specialty category. Um, we actually have one sitting in front of us yeah, here. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, a lovely time to transition to bourbon barrel-aged beers. Lawrence oh, yeah. Lauren's hurriedly finishing her pour. <laughs> Would you like a water cup to rinse yours out? I spill all over myself, so I'll just push the water cup here. Away. You pee,
2: don't lie to us. I pee my pants.
0: So what we have here is actually one I've had for a little while. Um... My parents live not too far away from Cooperstown, New York, so they Keep have some Cooperstown. <laughs> uh, they have some, you know, they should have a lot of barrels in Cooperstown. I just realized, you know,
2: a lot of barrels in Cooperstown? because the Cooper
0: isn't the Cooper a barrel maker? Oh, is that oh? Is That's that what the that term, means? yeah, Cooper.
1: This water tastes funny.
0: Oh, it's from the sink up here.
1: Mm.
2: Maybe don't drink out of the sink up here.
0: Yeah, but Cooperstown, New York, uh, home to Brewery Oma Gang. We got our hands on a limited release pack of variety of, you know, brown ales and stouts that they have as their yearly seasonal release. The one we've got here is very fall. We've got the Barrel Maple Ale. This one actually was, I believe, the 2021 version. Maybe. So it's been aging for a little while. Been hanging on to this one. Thought now was a great time to bust it out and drink it. So this is a Imperial Brown Ale brewed with maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, 9% ABV and it recommends serving at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. We're actually probably a little cooler than that but...
2: That sounds yummy.
0: All right, in the beer glass. It looks like maple syrup. <laughs>
1: it does. Kind of... Mm.
0: Is it grossing you out? Do you not like maple syrup?
1: I don't really care for it. It's too sweet.
2: Huh, syrup is su- sweet? Oh, I know. I oh, know. <laughs> you mean this thing made of almost all sugar? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I know. It's Literally very hard to Literally distilled
2: down into...
0: <laughs> oh, interesting. Wow. It smells kind of how I would expect i don't know why i said oh interesting like it was something i didn't uh but it's got that you know it's got like a maple syrupy but it's also got that like bourbon vanilla yeah this is mm. the 2020 yeah. 2021
2: 2021 yeah so two year in the making brew here well two year in the bottle two year in the holding some, on some conditioning here we've
0: conditioned this quite well too bad I don't have the other one. I think Ooh. the other pack, it was the Three Philosophers pack was the other one. Yeah. And I had a few of the other. I think we have a couple of the regular Three Philosophers, so we can kind of do like a, a vertical flight of those. We should do that one episode. This uh, Maple Barrel, though, I think was a, a one-off, you know, flavor variation of it. So no need to save that for anything. Let's give her a let's give her a taste. Mmm.
1: Very maple syrupy.
0: <laughs> yeah. What an astute observation. Yeah. I'm also getting like raisiny kind of, um, but I think that's an interaction of the oak and the vanilla. Um, also, surprisingly good carb held on this. Like, Yeah, really nice, actually. foam, and it's nice and bright. I think without that, it would be kind of heavy. Lauren, the more she drinks, the more her f- f- smile turns to a frown.
1: <laughs> I don't really care for it.
0: I thought you loved
2: it with that face.
1: (laughs) Mm, It's delicious.
2: I like it. I don't
1: know. It's like coating my teeth.
2: That's interesting too, because it's not like, like you said, it's not like a heavy, you know, syrupy stout. It's you know, it's a, it's an imperial brown ale, but it's, it's actually got a pretty, like, approachable mouthfeel and like viscosity. It's not very high on it. So no, but
0: it did kind of. After you said that, I felt like. But cool. it's one of those that just kind of like sticky, like yeah, maple sticky. syrup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe it kind of does taste yeah. like a maple syrup candy. Mm-hmm. You know those like if you had an alcoholic maple syrup candy. Have you never had one of those? I don't think so. It's kind of like a gummy, but like maple syrup. Considering I don't
1: really enjoy syrup, I probably wouldn't have had those. Mm, yeah, syrup.
2: Syrup. <laughs> 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 syrup. Mm. I like it. It's it's really complex. Uh, for especially for a brown ale base but you know getting some of that imparted flavor from the barrel aging and then of course the maples adding a ton of sweetness so you get some of that like kind of boozy sweetness you get the maple sweetness but i don't know if maybe the conditioning also kind of helped mellow things out to where it's not over the top sweet for me yeah i'm curious what this is like brand new
0: be be interested but you know as we did our beautiful segue into this beer uh, there's actually a whole specialty type category number 33 for wood beer there's 33a which is wood aged beer and then there's 33b specialty wood aged beer big difference between them is the basically added alcohol character to the beer So a wood-aged beer is intended for beer aged in wood without added alcohol character from previous use of the barrel. So if you had a bourbon barrel or other beer with alcohol character in them, it would actually go to 33B, which is the specialty wood-aged beer. So this being a a bourbon barrel-aged imperial brown ale, it would probably fall into the specialty wood-aged beer category.
2: Yeah, and that's, you know, I guess... Maybe the least shocking of the, uh, you know, the group of beers I mentioned that I was surprised about being in a specialty category because it really is such an a, a, an elemental change for beer doing any kind of like barrel aging or, you know, using casks to, to age. Whether or not it's previously been occupied by wine or some kind of spirit or just, you know, like the oak fooders that are basically just imparting kind of that oaky flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely changes things quite a bit and, you know, it's really interesting cause like you have such variety in what that base style is going to look like. I think we also get, we get tied up a lot with like barrel age kind of being associated with Imperial stouts and things like that. But you, know, you can have an Imperial brown ale or, you know, you can even do barrel aged sours and yeah. barrel age, you know, you can add, add a lot of wood flavor to a lot of styles and it's a really nice compliment. But yeah, this is a really good example of kind of mixed style and uh, the specialty beer with the the wood aging.
0: Because along with that, there is another specialty type category that is 31, which is alternative fermentables beer. So 31A is alternative grains, but then 31B is alternative sugars. So basically, it can be a classic style or not that has added sweeteners including fermentable sugars such as honey, brown sugar, invert sugar, molasses, treacle, maple syrup, sorghum or a variety of other things such as unfermentables like lactose and sorbitol.
2: Yeah, that's a interesting one like the alternative sugar beer category just because right off the bat they you know a lot of the BJCP style guidelines will list commercial examples if available. The first one listed is Bell's Hop Slam. Which Mm. is always a popular release. It's a limited release and it's usually kind of like a treat to get your hands on. But I always thought it was like, oh, you know, it's just a hoppy beer, not really taking into account the, you know, addition of those like alternative sugar adjuncts, I guess. It's just, I'll have to look into that beer because I remember it being like a really nice hoppy beer.
0: Yeah. It's funny, half the beers on these commercial examples I've never heard of. Fifth Hammer Break of John sure there's somebody that's
2: going to be like yeah. you don't
0: know what that beer is?
2: Oh, I guess like the honey uh hop slam with the but it's it's a double IPA and it's got honey and so like I feel like the honey only adds a touch of sweetness but it just goes to show like that one addition brings it from being in an IPA category into the <laughs> 31b for the alternate sugar. Yeah. So you know, things so might surprise you. Is an alternative sugar beer is it a mixed beer? Because
0: it's a, you know, it's a imperial, <laughs> so it's not right, like it's exactly. an imperial, it's a mixed beer, and it's a wood-aged specialty beer.
1: Yeah, because there's maple syrup in here. <laughs> maple <laughs> syrup. Yeah, you very
0: aggressive with the syrup.
2: <laughs> um, you know, and really what kind of, uh, another style that kind of got this, the cogs moving in my head was, uh, talking with Jen recently, and, you know, she mentioned Blonde Stouts. Or like golden stouts. And she's like, you know, how, uh, she's pretty big fan of those, but not a fan of regular stouts. And so I kind of maybe, maybe thought about discussing like, oh, what are the differences between those two styles? But when I looked up the BJCP like guideline for that, found out it actually doesn't fall under anything. It's actually a specialty beer. And it's not one that I would have thought of because I'm thinking, oh, it's a stout. So it's going to be in some something related to that. Mm. But it's actually not a stout-based beer. Because golden stouts actually don't use any of the uh, malt that's used for a stout. They ad- use adjuncts to create that flavor with, like, cacao nibs and, you know, coffee and things like that. Ah. So it's actually recommended to submit it under the spice beer category. Which was, like, not at all where I would have thought that would have been recommended to be judged.
0: Going to a brewery be like, I'd like your spiced beer, please. <laughs> Sorry, like, we don't have one.
2: Yeah, yeah, she had right there on the menu. Because, you know, like I said, we talked about the pumpkin beers last week uh, as far as like spice beers go. And really the spice beer, which is category 30 in the BJCP guidelines, they have 30A, which is spice, herb, or vegetable beer. Then they have 30B, Mm. autumn seasonal beer. Oh, did I say? There's actually four. (laughs) There's uh, 30C (laughs) is winter seasonal, which we're coming up into that time Mm. of year where those will start coming around. Uh, things like the Anchor Christmas Ale R- Oh, oh, RIP <laughs> There's no more Anchor Christmas Ale um, But there's a lot of you know Winter warmers and things like that And then there's a specialty spice beer Which, you know, I guess the most Commercial example they list is New Belgium Honey Triple mm-hmm. So, but Yeah, uh, whatever
0: happened to her Specialty spice Specialty spice
2: <laughs> mm. She was the, the six spice it girl It took me a second, I'm like, what are you talking about <laughs> uh. Autumn spice. Um, yeah, so this one is recommended to go expensive. under the 30A, which you hear spice, herb, or like vegetable, and I'm thinking, oh, what does what that applies to a blonde stout? Mm-hmm. But, you know, really it's any kind of like kind of root or, I mean, plant in that sense. Like coffee is grown, it's a plant, and so it's yeah. like, oh, okay, I guess. I love my parsnip stouts. Yeah. You know, those root vegetables. Good old beet stout, <laughs> I want my teeth
0: to be stained. I want to be so red. Oh, carrot's out so I can see at night.
2: (laughs) 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 My vision has never been clear. And I'm also drunk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's never been more clear and more unclear at the same time.
2: Hey, guys. If you had to to guess where a triple or quadruple IPA might be judged, what category do you think it'd fall Mm -hmm. under? Hmm, I'd say mix, mix specialty. Did you guess American barley wine?
1: <laughs> you know, no, I surely did not.
2: Yeah, so and what's funny is in this chart that BJCP posts on their website for the style entry suggestions, they have the beer style, the suggested entry category, and then some entry comments. For the triple or quad IPA, they suggest 22C, the American barley wine. And then the comments, it says, this is what they taste like. (laughs) This is what they did. And then the funnier one is actually the uh, West Coast IPA, which is more of a colloquial term for the American IPA. Mm. And so the comment says, this is what it is. (laughs) This is what it is. It's like just so matter of fact, I love this. That. Is what it
0: is. You can tell that et- it's a birch <laughs> tree.
2: <laughs> you can tell because of the way that it is. <laughs> You're gonna put it in this category because that's what it is. That's
0: what it is. Uh, oh man, yeah. Lots of of different variations. You know, some that we didn't mention and you might not see too often, but uh, smoked beers. You know, oh yeah, you get mm-hmm. a nice smoked beer.
2: Not a big fan of smoked beers. I think that might be my bugaboo. Alright.
0: It's not overdone. Uh, yeah. If it's overdone, it's a little it's,
1: what's an example? Remember that, that rock beer had? we
0: had at Razorback Brewing?
1: What hold on, was there Razor I don't remember the name of that. But when we were out camping, there uh-huh. was a smoked beer that I enjoyed.
2: Is I that know, what you're talking about? Triple C had some kind of like campfire sure beer. It was,
1: Razorback.
0: it was in um Portland, I think. Yes.
1: I don't remember the name of that brewery.
0: It was a a hog. There's a warthog, and that's why I think I said Razorback <laughs> because of the Razorbacks.
2: Same thing, same thing.
0: Um, remember the uh, the oh, it was
1: Kettle House Brewing Company?
0: No, it was it was yes. Von Ebert.
1: No, what I'm thinking of is Cold Smoke Kettle House Brewing Company.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. we also had a Rauch beer at Von Ebert Brewing. Von Ebert.
2: Von
1: Ebert. Von Ebert.
0: Wow, Razorback. <laughs> wow, kids. these kids these days.
2: Kids with their memories.
0: These fake memories.
2: Yeah, smoke beers, though, you got to be really careful with. Uh, I've I just, I've not had many smoke beers, but I the only ones I can think of were not good experiences. So maybe I need to kind have of have a good one. Yeah, I need I need to dispel the notion that all smoke beers are bad because I know it's not the case, but.
0: Didn't Local Oak make a smoke beer?
2: They might have. I don't know. If they've made it in the last couple of years, then I, I certainly had didn't. it, but.
0: I think the, the key is not just dumping a gallon of yeah. liquid smoke in there oh, and yeah. then murdering everyone's palate. Yeah. Just having some nicely smoked malts. <laughs> their <Yeah>. lungs. <laughs> you drink that liquid smoke and now you got lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works. It is now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, another one too that's pretty common in the sense that you know we, we have availability or accessibility to these is like a dessert stout or a pastry stout. I'm thinking a lot of the like 10W series that Highwire has where they have these stouts that have different adjuncts. A lot of them have lactose, some kind of chocolate or dessert uh, styling. Or the
0: ones where they eat Krispy Kreme donuts in them. (laughs) Yeah, just like... Not necessarily Highwire, but... Tons
2: of of sugar and glaze in there. But uh, they actually can... That can actually fall into one of several categories based on the adjuncts for that dessert stout. So they recommend based on whether your base style has just lactose or if you have lactose and spice or if you have lactose spice and fruit. So um, that'll Lacto- dictate where it goes. Lactose and spice sounds like a milk brand or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come get some lactose and spice. I'm. Or a weird restaurant. <laughs> yeah.
2: L- lactose and spice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be like a, a hot chocolate restaurant or. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Spicy milk.
2: Gosh. Spicy milk doesn't sound good. Yeah. No. You know, you've thrown it out. But yeah, I mean, it could go into the alternate sugar beer category. If it's just the lactose edition, if you're going to throw in some lactose and some fruit, it could be a specialty fruit beer. Or if you're going to go with like the fruit spice and lactose, um, actually, I guess just spice and lactose might be a specialty spice beer. So all of these subcategories for... Basically, you're taking the same base style, but the addition of one adjunct over the other or in some tandem with each other pushes it into a different category altogether. Mm -hmm. Which really impresses me how thorough BJCP is as far as updating their style guidelines regularly. And they include so many different possible subcategories, even within the specialty categories, and, like, it goes back to that first point we kind of made about the experimental beers. Mm-hmm. Like, how hard it would be to find something that doesn't fit somewhere.
0: Yeah, some sort of that category. Yeah. yeah. And wild ales and all that stuff. You know, there's just a, a plethora of different different things in this category. but
2: A plethora of subcategories.
0: What, uh, what else? Anything else on this other than... I don't know. We mentioned, like, if they're entered, you need to specify the base style and then a few other things you have to specify the base style and basically why it fits into that category so like what did you do different from the base style that would not count as an IPA or
1: what if you erroneously um classify your beer
2: so that's something else I was kind of curious about because people seem to be taking such care about finding the right category to enter their beer um and from what I understand, people's, the, like, the rule of thumb they recommend is, like, put it where it fits as far as, like, taste or, uh, I guess that's kind of in a general sense. But, like, if you're not sure, like, as long as you put it in a category where it, like, makes sense ingredients-wise, I, I don't think you could get, like, disqualified. I'm not a BJCP judge, but. Yeah. Like, I don't think. I think there's some fluidity to it. It's kind of, like. It's in a good faith mm-hmm. effort to put it in the right place, but there are, like, they recognize there is some overlap, especially with specialty styles. So I'm, I'm assuming they probably have some leeway as far as where it gets entered. And you well, can, yeah. And, and that, some people recommended putting it in two categories. I saw on Reddit, mm-hmm. they were saying, well, if you're not sure, like, I'd put it here and here. Like, mm-hmm. you might, I'd be curious to see, like, how it fares in those two categories. Like, it might be perceived better in category X versus category Y. And I'm like, that's actually an interesting thought to see how. Yeah how it might be judged compared to other beers in a different style, because that's really what it comes down to is you're being judged next to beers, like pure beers.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. So you got to think about it from the, the judge's perspective. Like the judge is likely going to be doing a blinded test where all they know is this beer is being judged for X category. So if you had like uh, a blueberry blonde ale, right? You wouldn't want to enter that in just the plain Blondale category because you'd be the judge would be like expecting a Blondale and then be like, "What the? There's blueberry in this? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know?" <laughs> so what they the, would the? probably rank you lowly. So you'd want to be like, "Oh, maybe we should do fruit mm-hmm. beer for this yeah. yes, or something yes, like yes, that." Yes, okay, so mm-hmm. you have to kind of play the play the game. Yeah. Don't hate the player. But if you get, get more... inside spe- the mind of the judge. I feel like it would be more beneficial to get as specific as you can because, like, yeah, you'd narrow down the competition, you know?
2: Right. So I guess it's, like, it's to your benefit, yeah. But that's an interesting thought. Like, could you... I mean, I, I guess at worst-case scenario, you're just getting yourself put on a lower totem, maybe? Mm-hmm. I would assume it's how that works. Like, if you want to put your Imperial style into... The American lager category. I mean, <laughs> you best You probably of luck. won't win.
0: <laughs> yes, this is an American light lager coming in at 15% ABV, aged on bourbon barrels for seven years.
2: <laughs> I've got to grew it into the export stout category, <laughs> or the foreign stout. This is the
0: sour category. It's a West Coast IPA. <laughs> oh, man. But...
2: But, yeah. I think mm. lots of breakdown there. And still a lot to to like look into, I I feel like we're only kind of touching on specialty beers and just the, uh, the world of BJCP specialty beer evaluation. Um, and like just that last thought kind of has me thinking more about, you know, placing yourself in the right category or how much thought goes into that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just lots of, uh, lots of questions still to be answered. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's one question that I have and it is, What is
0: Elsie's Pick of the Week? Elsie's Pick of the Week.
1: That's a great question.
0: Is it going to be a specialty beer? Who knows?
1: That's what you're actually going to have to tell me.
0: (laughs) Which category?
1: What category? All right, assume your positions. That's a little harder. Mm.
0: Cracking a beer. (laughs) this is why we can't have nice beers
1: this is why we should not worry about replacing the carpet up here
0: ooh ooh I've got a stemmed glass
1: yeah I need to go get paper towels
2: well judging by the smell of this beer uh, this would be a beer that could stain (laughs) if uh the smells tell me anything. Although maybe it's a blonde Dane gang. <laughs> maybe it's a blonde stout that's actually not dark. I should as should have if-
0: rinse this glass out prior because i so I got a little cabinet.
2: A little cabinet?
0: Cabinet smell. <laughs> the cabinet of the glasses I got in I probably need a better spot, but we need to get a glass retaining unit. It's underneath the sink. Mm. Smells
1: malty, yeah. roasty.
2: Definitely roasty, like almost a bit smoky, and then maybe just because we talked about smoke beers. At well, length. That's what I was wondering if it was
0: if it was the can. But you're right, like touch smoky. I'm really diving my nose deep into this glass.
2: Hmm. Not overly viscous, like pretty medium body. Uh, and it's not. It's not drying, it's actually, again, it's kind of like one of those beers that leaves a little bit of a coating around, like, your teeth and gums. Not in a sticky way, though, it's just kind of like, and it's hoping that that flavor linger, too, it's... Interesting. Definitely leaving a, a coat. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like a dry stout, it's got like a, it's just a very, like, charred malt kind of flavor, a little bit of chocolate coming through as well, I mm-hmm. think. Nice touch of sweetness. Lingering sweetness.
2: Yeah, on the nose, it was way more like roast forward. But yeah, that sweetness is really kind of yeah taking center stage when you're grabbing a drink from it. Um, And this
0: is yeah, this makes me feel like it's stout season is in full swing. But you know, it reminds me we bought from Casita last year. We bought that. That four pack. that four pack of barrel aged Mm -hmm. and like imperial beers that we need to crack into. Yeah,
2: those might be good about another year aged. Um, These, okay, so I have the sweetness like lingering, but I am still getting like a coffee or espresso bean, some of that like roasty coffee flavor up front too, and that's also still kind of hanging out in the background, but it's kind of taking, it's playing second fiddle to the the sweet kind of chocolate note. Hmm. But it's still there. Like, it's chocolatey. It's a little bit espresso roasty. Yeah.
0: This beer invokes memories. Not memories, but, like, feelings and desires to, like, sit around a a campfire with a hoodie on. It's kind of cold. It's a little bit cold. Mm -hmm. But you're sipping this beer and everything's right.
2: Somebody so, pulls some out dealing. a guitar and says, hey, you guys want to hear Wonderwall? And then you throw it in the fire. <laughs> the person or the? The guitar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You push them in the fire. <laughs> oh, no, he fell. Um, okay, I took a peek. It's no surprise. It's as dark as you probably would expect after taking a few swigs. It's bush light. <laughs> oh, I'm colorblind. <laughs> this is how I learned. I actually am colorblind. Joe actually is. <laughs> Oh no.
0: I had to take an exam thing at work and I failed.
2: Oh no. So this is like new.
0: They haven't fired me yet. But hmm. we'll see. Hey anyway, I was part of the thing. Well hmm. it's not new that I'm color Like I knew that I couldn't pass those tests before I but. I it was colorblind. Oh it's
2: like those books with like. It looks like there's just like circles a a all cobblestone the kind of. Yeah. yeah. There's
0: supposed to be like numbers in them.
2: Yeah. I got only half of them right. I mean those are kind of tricky though. Like if, you can see s- color in some regard. Yeah they
0: just kind of look like Red, orange, yellow, and green dots to me—they don't look like hmm. numbers. But some of them are like super yeah. obvious, and then some of them they're like, "Okay, what's what's happening there?" Um, but yeah, this is a this is definitely a hashtag stain gang beer. I haven't heard that one in a while. It's—I think it's got a lot of uh, international thickness units. If you were uh, you know posting this to the Pills account, you'd probably some be you know, dipping your finger in it and it would be pretty viscous. <clears throat> dark beer, completely opaque. Yeah. Tan head, dark tan head.
2: And I just, uh, it's interesting, because, like, appearance-wise, and that, like, little stain it's leaving on the glass, and it seems like it'd be a really chewy, viscous beer, but, like, it's pretty, pretty moderate compared to some other stouts that have the same appearance
0: I mean it feels thicker than the last beer that we had right but it's It's also a a lot lighter on the carb but it's got a pretty velvety smooth head yeah um abv is the question I think on this one I'm wondering um it could be high or it could be
2: moderate (laughs)
1: could Be high, moderate, or low. I didn't say
2: low. <laughs> <laughs> There's a touch of it's booziness, thick and sweet. And boozy. I feel like I want to say this is got to be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's between nine and ten percent.
0: Yeah, I can say it's probably hovering somewhere around ten. Um, hmm. I'm just gonna say imperial stout
2: now with all this newfound information yes yeah i'm wondering like mixed yeah i don't know like i don't know that i want to say it's barrel aged because i don't think it is it's more just like would it fall under a spice beer category because if i if there's like the addition of coffee now granted that's coming from the if it's if it's a stout recipe and that's part of the flavor profile then it wouldn't is there yeah i was gonna say is there added
0: coffee or is it just malt
2: right like could it and it's not sweet enough for me to think that there's like lactose or any kind of like dessert stout. So maybe just Imperial Stout.
0: Yeah. Which, I feel like that's where I want to sit. That's where I want to hang my hat.
1: Is that what you'd like to say? Mm hmm. Okay. So this is mm, the Moose Imperial Stout. Oh, you actually gave
0: me this beer, Nick.
1: He did? I yeah. thought it was in my packet.
0: Oh, did you buy it?
1: I don't know. I thought he gave
0: me a four pack of that.
1: Did you stick it in my like six pack I don't know. box? But anyway <laughs> Well
0: Apparently I've had it before.
1: <laughs> you the haven't label, checked anything in. Well
0: the label looks extremely familiar.
2: Is there another moose beer that I... Maybe there is. I don't know.
0: But the label looks so familiar. Maybe I've just seen it so before. So this is
1: actually a North Carolina beer. Because
0: um, if I didn't
2: check Was that from like the six pack I after knows. Owen was born? Sorry. Interrupt.
1: Maybe. Oh, you know, that possibly could be my confusion as well.
2: Uh, in the outside the fridge. Six pack.
1: Yes. If you picture like it. A, a few months ago. Yeah. The
2: yeah.
0: label just looks super familiar to me. But anyway, I digress. What is it? It's um, the Moose?
1: So mousse? this is a, the Moose. This is from Tobacco Wood Brewing Company, which is North Carolina's first female veteran-owned brewery. Um, this is a massive stout brewed with fenugreek, vanilla bean, and cinnamon.
0: Ooh, so it is a spicy boy.
2: Mm-hmm. So maybe I it like could. It. Yeah, what would it be? Um, cinnamon. 11.3%. So, underestimating it. So it'd either be twenty C for the imperial stout, or it could be was it 30 A is the spice herb or vegetable beer. I don't know. I probably put it under the the imperial stout category.
0: Yeah, I feel like just because they added in a little
2: cinnamon, I think it'd fare better with. Other imperial stouts versus like putting it into a category where you yeah. could have, you know, like a pumpkin beer or uh, something that's a little bit lighter with the addition of some kind of like herby quality.
1: And so they do have other versions that are barrel aged. Okay. In Elijah and uh, Maker Marks barrels.
2: Ooh, some Maker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, this, we got it right is, though. So,
1: this
2: is yeah. not a I mean, not that it was super hard today. Like, yeah, it wasn't, uh,
0: Bush heavy or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Real complex mysteries.
2: <laughs> that one will scar us forever. It wasn't like a lang-
0: lacto mango added, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right, cool. Very cool. Very good beer. Nice mm-hmm. nice choice, Lauren. Delicious. Mm-hmm. All right, what'd you guys learn today?
1: That the classifications of beer is much more complex than I originally thought.
0: Are you gonna become a
2: BJCP no, certified not. judge?
1: No, I'm not. That's very, very um, high level stuff there for me.
2: You know how fun that'd be. It's like Lauren tries the uh, like like the Oma Gang beer and she's just like makes a face. I don't like that. That's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not my Sir, favorite. Sir, your beer
2: sucks. Like, Some brewers just crying a single <laughs> tear. <laughs> that would be fun to judge beer competitions. Yeah. So. Yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get to be uh, BJCP certified. We gotta uh, get ciceronied, ciceronied jabronis. What'd you learn, Nick? Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I could go into the style stuff, but I'll just say I learned uh, that a a Cooper is a barrel maker.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> did we fact check that? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. The
2: more you know. So don't ever, don't doubt me. Oh, so maybe Cooperstown <laughs> is actually named after. I mean, this were a bunch of a bunch Cooper's were made barrels. Koopa, bunch of barrel boys.
0: Um, what about you? I, I think I learned that if you drink liquid smoke, you get lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's Again, fact check that. <laughs> fact check that. Uh, what did I learn? I just want to I I smoke re- beer.
2: Want <laughs> smoke?
0: <laughs> I want to smoke beer. Um. You know, just the nuances, and I I didn't realize that imperializing some kind of beer made it a mixed beer
2: specialty, you know? Very interesting. Except apparently for some, like, imperial stout. Yeah, that, I guess yeah. it's a
0: classic style that's already done, because imperial stouts make sense, because that was, like, classically right. brewed that way as its own thing.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah, a Session or an Imperial, it's like your, your specialty. Mm-hmm. You're special.
0: Session IPA?
2: Special. Maybe. <laughs> we yeah, i mean they're not that special i mean everyone makes them i mean come on get get over yourself you're really not that special i wonder if we'll eventually see a session ipa fall into like a, a named or a classic style like maybe under the american ipa category it's now a new subcategory maybe 2023 2024 revision we'll see
0: yeah uh thinking of like saying you're special i saw this thing uh, the other day, and it, it was a motive like a demotivational poster, and it said, Individuality, you're completely unique, just like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll end that on that. So, <laughs> thanks for listening to episode number 67 of Secondary Fermentation Podcast. If you liked it, Make sure to reach out. Leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. Reach out to us on Instagram at East Carolina Beer. Hit us up on Gmail at East Beer at gmail.com. .com. Uh, we're not on X, just kidding, we are, but we haven't logged into that in a while. You can uh, slap us a little thread if you'd like. We're on Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing, and we've got a website, East Carolina Beer and Brewing.com. Check us out in the next episode.
1: Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.